0: Welcome back to The 40 Minute Mentor, the business podcast on a mission to make mentorship accessible to everyone. Whether you're just beginning your career, are a startup founder, or just in need of some fresh career inspiration, this show is designed to cover everything from the ground up in just 40 minutes. So let's dive in. If you've been listening to 40 Minute Mentor for a while, you'll probably remember my chat in series two with Sophie Edelman where she shared some candid insights into her journey of founding the hypergrowth edtech scaleup, Multiverse, who are building an outstanding alternative to university. If you fast forward to the tail end of 2021, Sophie and I decided to catch up again to discuss what's happened since. And boy, did she have a lot to bring us up to speed on. Since she last came on the show, Sophie took the bold decision to step away from Multiverse, spending time as an entrepreneur in residence at the VC firm Index Ventures, before throwing herself back into the startup world as a second time founder of her new and exciting venture, The Garden, which she tells us more about in today's episode. Sophie has been a great friend of JBM over the years, so it was such a pleasure chatting to her again. And even in 15 short minutes, she still managed to pack in tons of mentorship and brilliant advice. But enough from me, hear from Sophie yourself in this special Where Are They Now? episode. Sophie, welcome back to the 40 Minute Mentor. How are you?
1: Really well, thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: It's an absolute pleasure. Last time you came on the 40 Minute Mentor, we talked about your experience of co-founding and scaling the EdTech White Hat, which has since rebranded as Multiverse, and you did that with you and Blair. And I know that since we recorded, you have made the decision to leave the business and start up a new startup called the garden which is very exciting so could you tell us a bit more about how you came to the decision to leave multiverse and what you've been doing since
1: of course. Well, of course it was it was a really difficult decision because I still deeply believe in the mission and I loved building that team and I love the team that you and I built together. And I think Multiverse was an incredible journey for me. You know, we raised multiple rounds of funding. We really created this amazing learning experience for apprentices and launched a community which is which is thriving, which is really exciting. Um, and we brought together sort of hundreds of companies, including Sky and Google and Facebook, and got them to embrace the idea that you don't need to go to university in order to, to be successful, that talent is everywhere. And I think we did some amazing things about scoping out the US. They've now launched the US and laying the foundations for for getting an Ofsted outstanding result which we achieved earlier this year so some you know some amazing things that we were able to to do together during my time there and I, I'm very proud of what we built and I'm very proud of the team that's continued but I think there was this nascent idea for the garden that came into my head and I really love this early stage of building businesses well the the the, the Maybe not the very early stage, because it is always quite difficult, but, you know, the early to growth stage and growing a team and sort of building a culture of excellence and and, and thinking about leadership. And so the company, Multiverse, well, at that time it was called White Hat, we'd started a rebrand process that completed after I left. But the company had got to this size and scale where we had an incredible team in place, an incredible leadership team. Ewan and I hired some amazing leaders from across the world. And it felt like the right moment to to step back and leave Multiverse in incredible hands. And I'm really proud of what they're doing. I, I think I'm the lead, you know the loudest cheerleader on the sidelines. And although I'm not there day to day, I'll always be a co-founder, and, and and it will always be one of my babies. But now I'm really focused on the garden and um, excited to build that out.
0: Incredible. And yeah, I mean what. What you achieved uh, at Multiverse was, you know, setting it up and, and, and I guess you, the scale that it was when you left. I mean, it's something to be so proud of. And I, I guess it must be like a proud parent seeing them kind of kick on and raise more money and go, you know, further expansion globally. It must be amazing feeling to see that. But as you said, you, you have this idea and I love it. But for those that don't know much about your new venture, could you tell us a bit more about how it came about and what your vision for the garden is?
1: Sure, well, I spent some time earlier this year at Index Ventures uh, after I stepped back from Multiverse. I wanted to play around with this idea and started to speak speaking to lots of people you know to really understand the space and what we're building with the garden is a community for the curious. What what we're essentially building is a place where anyone, anywhere can access world experts and leading academics to learn about the ideas that are shaping and that have shaped the world. So whether you're interested in understanding, I don't know, the metaverse or, or why we haven't found a cure for HIV or the psychology of peer pressure, you can come into the garden and leave feeling more knowledgeable more informed and and ultimately sort of more alive and enriched so that's what we're doing and and really what it's about is we believe that access to knowledge has sort of been the preserve of the elite this is a theme from my multiverse days right and that in a world where we kind of have this these alternative facts the whole time and lots of misinformation and where anyone anywhere can kind of get on a soapbox and, and proclaim to be an expert. I think there's never been more of a, you know more important time to be able to access true experts. Those people have dedicated their lives to a subject and are truly passionate about it and want to share that those insights and passions with the world. So, what we've built with the garden is a way for you to come together and learn from these true experts in a way that's both informative and joyful because I think that often learning is something that we all do for fun. Everyone's born innately curious. It's how we learn as, you know, it's how we sort of grow as children through learning. And actually as adults, we continue to learn a lot, um, but we just don't call it learning. Because learning sounds like education and it is boring and time consuming and stressful. And, and, and if you do courses, it can, it's all about achievement and that's not what learning really is about for any of us or for me. And so with the garden, I think what we're doing is we're bringing these academics out of the institutions, curating wonderful, fascinating talks by world experts where you can ask them questions or just watch and relax if you prefer. You can interact with the community and engage with your sort of innate curiosity. And, and ultimately what we're doing is trying to bring that joy back into learning.
0: It's just so inspiring and wonderful to hear it. And I think I found it from being a parent now, you know, with a, with a six year old, that's very curious. I remember just I, I've been thinking back of this, seeing her do her homework and stuff and realized how I didn't make the most of possibly school at times. And I really resented doing it, whereas now I'm fascinated in the books she's reading and the things she's learning. And and I really love the idea of being able to go and hear, you know, cut through the fake fake news and hear from the experts. I just think it's such a great concept. And I know there'll be lots of takers because I think we all need a bit more joy and uh, true insight um, in our lives you've obviously made this you know you've decided to jump back on the, the you know the founder hamster wheel or whatever you like to call it and it's 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 a big thing to go and do that again so is there anything that you're going to be doing differently this time around as a sort of second time founder when you're approaching sort of scaling the business
1: yes a lot of people told me I'm kind of crazy to be doing it. <laughs> I wasn't again, going but, to
0: say that, but <laughs> some probably people will be, thinking, yeah. will be listening going, what, what are you doing? Yeah.
1: Well, I think there are things that have been easier to do as a second time founder. I think that having clarity on what's important rather than urgent and kind of getting to decisions faster has been easier. And you know where to spend your time a little bit more. Not always. It's still very much a learning experience. And this is a very different business from from Multiverse. Uh, I think hiring is something that has been easier, but hopefully I've been able to learn some lessons from last time, make better decisions on that. Being obsessed with user experience is definitely something I took from from last time and and, want to dig into even more, particularly with a B2C business. And also, I think there's a piece around not burning out. I know for the first couple of years of White Hat, Multiverse, we ran very, very hard without really taking any sort of break. And while, you know, you definitely need to hustle and push and drive. We're building a company, we want to go fast. You need to, as the CEO, particularly take that space to be able to think about the long term strategy and make sure that you're making the right decisions for the business. And I don't think I did that last time. I'm still not particularly good at doing it. But this time, I know how important it is. So I'm trying to carve out the time to do it so that it's not always so reactive that we can be more thoughtful about the decisions that we make. But lots of it is the same. And, you know, it's all about great people, it's all about strong values, it's all about getting stuff done. And starting a company is still really hard the second time. People, I think people think it's easier. There are definitely things that are easier, but it's still really hard
0: yeah well i i admire you for going at it again but i have no doubt it will will be successful and i think your point around founder burnout is something that we've seen increasingly come up in conversation with our clients and just from my own experience as a founder and it's something that i think is so important to take seriously and i think actually for your team as much as anything it's important for you to to take breaks and and look after yourself because it's something that i've not always been that good at and i know it's something i've got to work on in 2022 Before we continue with today's episode, I was wondering if I could ask you a small favor. We absolutely love sharing our guests' inspiring stories with you, and I can't thank you enough for being one of our loyal listeners. But feedback is so important. So if you have any suggestions on how we can make 40 Minute Mental even better, or you just want to tell us how much you love the show or a particular episode, then we would love to hear from you. So please head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash 40mm and leave us a review. We really, really appreciate it. That's ratethispodcast.com forward slash 40mm. Thank you so much. And we can't wait to hear from you. I mean, you've also made... This bold decision to start the garden during a global pandemic, which uh, is, is again, something that maybe others wouldn't be. But so I'd, I'd love to, you know, the world's changed a lot in the last 18 months to two years. What's your biggest takeaway been from the pandemic and how's it impacted yourself?
1: Well, I'll talk about a little bit about the professional sort of takeaways and, and also personal ones. So I think professionally, I think I was always a believer that being in an in-office environment was really important that having the whole team together, creating that kind of, that that team dynamic was critical to moving fast. And I think obviously the, the last 18 months have, has proved me wrong on that. I still believe that in-person interaction is key for certain activities. And that's actually why as Simon and I, my co-founder, have, have been building the garden, we've decided to build it remote first, but also meet, you know, bring the team together for meetups regularly we meet up every couple of weeks right now as a whole team and then that may stretch to monthly but we and we we've been thinking about you know the ways to create the information flow that you need but i think what my takeaway is that you don't have to all be co-located to get things done and actually people can be more productive when they're sitting remotely and you can hire better talent sometimes remotely but you need to bring people together for the right experiences so that you can brainstorm or work on different ideas so that's one thing that has changed for me I would have been the the first person to say you've got to have an office before I think the second thing that changed um, for me and and it's very much fed into what we're building with the garden is the importance of learning and growth for humans all of us to feel purposeful to feel happy actually I think you know when we look at what happened over the, you know, during the the first and second lockdowns, people who were furloughed or, you know, maybe were working less than they normally would, they spent their time learning. They learned to make sourdough. They took courses. They, you know, listened to podcasts. They were always trying to find something to do. It made them feel purposeful. And I think that has been something that's been brought up through the pandemic into people's sort of awareness and and it's obviously something that we're you know we're, we're digging into with the garden so hopefully that sort of renaissance of of learning is is here to stay
0: yeah I love that I, and I think that's so true actually isn't it all the people that um that I spoke to that have been on furlough spend a lot of time working on themselves and and actually doing things that kind of I guess some would, would say are learning but then it's actually just joyous and 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 made use of it you know made a difficult time much more enjoyable we've talked about the the one big thing in 2021 the pandemic that has kind of dominated our lives and in parallel I guess something that you'll be very aware of as am I is just how buoyant the tech market has been in terms of hiring and you know vc money uh, flowing into startups so it's 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 been a kind of very strange year and i think 2022 is going to be you know hopefully a, a very positive one but probably hard to predict so professionally and personally what are you looking forward to in 2022
1: well i'm definitely looking to fully launching the garden we're not fully launched yet we're still really in beta um so anyone can sign up as a founding member for free right now but That won't always be the case, so hopefully we get to fully launch this and and build a proper business later later next year and get our new brand out and really getting to hear from more amazing speakers. We've also got some new people starting, so growing a team has been part of the the joy of starting another company. We're currently 11 people. We'll be bringing three new people on starting in January, so I'm I'm really excited to work with them and see what they can contribute um, to the team and um personally i'm really excited about getting a vacation at some point oh, uh yes <laughs> i i know you've got kids i i i also have two children and while well, i always really try and be there for them it's a constant trade-off you know i've kind of got multiple babies i've got my children babies and i've got my work babies and i think i'm a better parent as a result of being a founder and i think i'm a better founder as a result of of having kids but I think that getting a break would be really nice and, and a so, bit of sunshine. We haven't had a lot of sunshine this year in the UK. So I think those are those are the things that I'm most looking forward to.
0: I second that wholeheartedly. And finally, Sophie, for anyone listening that's looking to make a career change in the new year, whether that's a career pivot, starting a business or working towards a promotion, what advice would you give them?
1: It's always hard to give people advice. But I think if you're thinking about starting a business, my first piece of advice would be to speak to lots of potential customers. It doesn't matter if you haven't got a fully formed idea. If you have a view on an area you're interested in or a certain type of person that you're interested in, just speak to them, ask really open-ended questions and start to pull out the threads because it's really understanding where these needs are and how people spend their time and where they're missing things. So I think, you know, getting obsessed with customers and potential customers is a great way to start. The idea that you might end up getting disproven by the conversations that you have. And that's that's just as valuable as plowing ahead with an idea. I think if you're looking to change careers, though, I always think that there's two stages to a career change. The first one being the figuring out conversations where you talk to lots of people and you have a visceral reaction to their advice because nobody well, not nobody, but a lot of people can't bear not to give you advice. When you go to them, you say, I'm thinking about doing X, Y, Z, and they'll go, oh, no, you should do this. And they give you advice and you have a reaction to it. And that's powerful information for you to determine where you should focus your time. But the second stage, I think, of career change is about what I call the ask conversation, where once you have clarity on the kind of role you're interested in or the size of company or the location. Once you have some of those variables clarified, you can actually go and ask people. If you go to somebody and say, I'm thinking about a career change, you know, I'm kind of interested in working in a consumer tech startup, maybe in a product marketing role, maybe in a growth role or something. People don't know how to help you. And so I think before you go into those ask conversations, you need to have clarity so you can ask people and then they will think of you when those opportunities come up and it's very important not to confuse the two
0: great advice sophie it's a really brilliant place to to leave this thank you for sharing more mentorship with our listeners and i think i speak for everyone at jvm and the portfolio Mentor mental family when we say we wish you all the very best for the garden and years ahead because i think it's gonna be a very exciting time for you so congrats again and good luck with it
1: thank you very much
0: thanks sophie Some might call her a glutton for punishment for jumping on the startup founder rollercoaster again. But Sophie is so awesome and has learned so much from her multiverse experience that I have no doubt that the garden will be a huge success. I particularly love what her and the garden team are building to cultivate curiosity, conversation and enjoyment through learning. Who doesn't want that? I've already signed up and can't wait to see some live talk soon. So if you enjoyed this episode and would like to learn more about Sophie's story, check out our previous chat in series two and please also visit the garden's website. We'll leave links to both in the show notes. We're also busy planning away for the next series of 40 Minute Mentor. So if you have any feedback, suggestions or guests that you'd love to hear from, please get in touch at james at jbmc.co.uk. Until then, have a good day and see you again next week for Where Are They Now? Part 3.